This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. We're continuing our study on the Holy Spirit. We're kind of going down through different uh, passages in the Bible. And the last time I taught, we were teaching on the knowing the will of God by His Spirit. And uh, we got into most of that lesson. In fact, the Lord pressed me to teach the rest of it on Wednesday night, so we did. So we won't be picking that up again today, but I uh, hope you got was able to tune in online and see that if, uh, if you didn't. But uh, it was a good lesson to really uh, know that we can know the will of God in our life and that's because the Holy Spirit will never lead us wrong. And uh, so we need to depend upon Him. And we'll continue talking about that today, how we have to depend upon the Holy Spirit. So Galatians chapter 5, I'll pick up reading in verse number 16. And today's lesson is walking by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit. And in verse number 16, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. For if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So he starts off those verses with walk in the Spirit and he ends with walk in the Spirit. So it's very important that we get today what that means to walk in the Spirit. Because when we are walking under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, it's the best way that we will have a successful, fruitful Christian life. Long as we're walking under His guidance. So that word walking, it's an interesting word. Doctors tell us that it's important that we exercise every day, some type of exercise, about 30 minutes a day at least. And there are different types of exercise we can do for different parts of our body. We have exercise machines, we have gyms that people go to, we have all these things, yet out of all of them, the best exercise that the doctors say is walking. And I when I begin to start trying to lose weight myself, that's the first thing that I begin to do, not only eat right, but I begin to walk every day. 
and I try to do that every morning and every evening, and I can tell you it definitely has helped me, makes me feel a lot better. So a good walk is something that's good uh, for our bodies and for our heart as well. I think because we live in a day and time where even on our jobs, technology has taken over a lot of things that we used to be more strenuous doing and moving around. We don't do it. People don't do as much. And so uh, walking is, is a key to good health. But more importantly than that, walking in the Spirit is the key to spiritual health and maturity. You want to be a good witness for Christ? Continue walking in the Spirit. And so as we do this walking process with the Lord, that begins something that we call a sanctification process. In other words, we're saved. The Lord comes into our life. We invite the Lord in. He saves us from our sins. We become a born-again child of God. And from that point, from that very point, it should be a start of a sanctification process. And when I say that word, sometimes people shy away from that word sanctification, but it just simply means growing and maturing in the Lord. And that's what we should be doing spiritually. After we accept Christ, that process begins. And it's a lifelong process. It's not just something that does for a little bit. It's not just something that's a one-time thing. But after we're saved, we get, we're sanctified in that process as we continue to walk and mature in Christ all the days of our life till we go home to be with the Lord. And then that other word comes in called glorification. So it'll end with glorification. It'll start with sanctification after we're saved and it will end with glorification that we're we're ready to be at home with the Lord. We have, we have worked here on earth. We have done the things that we should be doing. And the Holy Spirit has helped us on our daily walk all the rest of the days of our life. And hopefully people have done something for the Lord after they get saved because when we get to the Lord, we're going to have to answer for what we've done. So Let's look at verse 16 again. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you can see the results of walking in the Spirit. Ye shall not fulfill. That means you are not going to continue to do the lusting of the flesh, the things that are fulfilling the flesh. That's not your desire anymore. But you're walking in the Spirit. And we, we talked about this flesh thing in some of our previous lessons that we taught on. What does that mean? That's the old patterns, the old behavior that we had before we came to Christ. But if we walk in the Spirit, and let me tell you this, when you see that, this I say then, walk in the Spirit if it's convenient. Is that what the Scripture says? Or this is a suggestion here. If you feel like it, walk in the Spirit. It doesn't say that, does it? In fact, it's a command. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. It's a command to us as Christians that we are to do that. And what the results will be is we will not carry out the sinful desires 
because the Spirit of God is working within us, and it's our inward guide, and it will keep us on the paths of righteousness. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm going to touch on this a little bit later. It doesn't mean we're perfect. doesn't mean that we'll never do any of the things that the flesh wants to do. It doesn't mean that. But we'll certainly not live continuously like that. We'll not fulfill those desires day in, day out. Continually won't happen when we're walking in the Spirit. So <clears throat> the book of Galatians here is really contrasting the difference between the law and grace. Because the Jews of the Old Testament, they lived by the law of God. At least they tried to. And of course, they found out they couldn't live up to it. They couldn't live up to what God commanded them. So Paul comes along and he introduced to the Galatians, here's the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And by the relationship with Him, we can live up to God's standard, but it's through His strength, not our strength. You see, that's the The law says, I read this, I'm supposed to do this, I'm not supposed to do that, so here I go. I'm going to try in my strength not to do this, and I'm going to try in my strength not to do that, and I'm going to try in my strength to do this, and guess what? Our strength failed over and over again. But now here we've got a helper. We've got a great helper the most wonderful helper of all, and that's the Holy Spirit, and He is going to help us do that. So we don't need ceremonies. We don't need traditions. We don't need the Old Testament system because we have the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's the problem with some of these religions out here today. They're still trying to operate on ceremonies. They're still trying to operate on traditions. Well, this is what we've always done, so we need to continue that down that road and do always that. I don't care whether it lines up with the Bible or not. This is what our forefathers did, so this is what we're going to do. We're not going to change it. And what's happening in that? They will fail. They, they will succumb to many of the fleshly things. So all we need to do is try to live a holy and acceptable life before God, and that's because we have the help of the Holy Spirit. And so many of these believers in Galatia were trying to live up to the standards of their own strength. The Judaizers gave them an outward list of rules and regulations whereby they may earn their salvation. You know, that's why when we in our service every Sunday that we give an opportunity if someone wants to give their heart to Christ. Now, before they do that, do we say, now, wait a minute, let's get the ushers to pass out a rule of things to make sure you've done all of these things before you give your heart to Christ now. <laughs> Read over those rules. Make sure you've got every one of them checked, and then you can come, you know, give your heart to Christ. We, we don't do that, do we? It's no need for that. Christ has done the work on Calvary. We have to accept that and realize that it was for us. So this is what Paul is really trying to get across to them and how foolish it was for them to try to live by those rules and regulations. They needed that guidance. They needed the inward guide, not the outward guide of the Holy Spirit. So Paul tells them, and that's why he starts off that verse, walk in the Spirit. Walk a continuous regular action for us as Christians. 
Walking in the Spirit should be something that we make a habit to do. You know, you got habits that you do every day. Something that you've come, when you wake up in the morning, it's a habit that you do this or this or this and that. And everybody's got their, their normal routine, their normal habits they try to do every day. I wonder, do, why don't we stop and make a habit to say, I'm going to start off the day walking in the Spirit. I'm going to walk with the Lord today. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to let Him guide me today, just like I did yesterday. So it becomes a habit thing. And we are to, uh, walking by the Spirit shouldn't be an option. It was a command. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. So while the Spirit is the source of our Christian walking and living, you know what? It's up to us to do the walk. We have to do that. It didn't say God would drag us. He's not going to do that. He's not going to drag you along in your spiritual growth. But the Lord saves you when you invite Him in. He gives you His Holy Spirit for help. And then it's up to us to say, I'm going to use the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to listen to Him today. It's up to us to walk and allow Him to lead us. It involves action. So our will must be active. It's a sanctifying process that he wants to do in our life. Listen, we can't sit on the sidelines as a Christian and say, I'm going to watch the Holy Spirit work for me. We can't do that. It has to be a part of involving ourselves. We have to be part of that. When we walk with the Spirit, <clears throat> we'll not carry out those desires of the flesh. The walk life in the Spirit is a Christ-like life, and we need to wake up and try to saturate our thoughts, our actions, truth, dwell on the truth, dwell on love, dwell on God, dwell on spiritual things. And we'll see the list of things later on that we will that will happen because of that. So do we desire every day to be more like the Lord? Or do we desire to be more like whatever else someone wants us to be? Whatever the world wants us to be. We, we can't get caught up on that. We have to let Christ dwell in us richly. So let's look at Romans 8, 11. We'll put this verse up here. And I want to show you a couple of verses here. It says, but if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, that's the Holy Spirit. Jesus' Spirit. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that does what? Dwelleth in you. Now I know that verse is many times used and it is used to, to say that we will be raised just in the resurrection just as Christ was raised. But listen, I also see that it will quicken our mortal bodies, this mortal body that we're in today, it will quicken you. It will help you. It will, because it dwells within you. Colossians 3.16 is another good verse that talks about Christ dwelling in us. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's a good verse that really falls in line with walking in the Spirit. Because when you're walking in the Spirit, 
It's going to help you. It's going to give you psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and grace in your heart, not only for yourselves, but to help others as well that are around you. So when we do not walk by the Spirit, the opposite is going to be true. We, we can imagine the one who stands on the sidelines of a football game and they're yelling out there to the players. Well, really, they're not contributing anything to the game itself. They may be pumping up the players a little bit out there, but the coach is calling the plays. The players are obeying what the, the rules are of the game. And it does not matter who, what someone is yelling from the sidelines. That's not going to affect the game. That's not going to turn it one way or the other. But we need to realize they have no significant bearing on the outcome of a particular game because they're yelling from the silent. Until the coach says, hey, I need you to run in there and do, do this play for me. Well, now they become involved. Now they could make a difference in the game. They could be the one that scores the point in that game because they got off the sidelines and they got involved. And I say as Christians today, we can't sit back in the pew. We can't sit back and say, well, thank the Lord I'm saved and I'm just going to sit here and, and wait for Jesus to come. But am I going to get up from here and from what I've heard today in the service, I'm going to take it with me. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do something for Christ today because He has a work for me to do. The Spirit's leading me and asking me to do something. I'm going to get involved in it. You have got to get involved. So the Christian has to walk in the Spirit, has to put the effort there. And because of that, when we begin to do that, we'll have a part in growing more spiritually. Let's look at verse number 17 as we go back to Galatians 5. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that ye cannot, look at that, you cannot do the things that you would. You see, there are people, who, Christians who say, I do want to do good every day. I do want to do something for Christ every day, but I, I'm just falling short. I'm just not doing it. So what's happening here? That war is going on between the flesh and the spirit, and many times the flesh is winning. But look at verse 18. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. So the conflict between the flesh that is continually fighting against the Spirit, the flesh will lead us to do many things we don't want to do. Maybe you don't intend to do that. But the flesh won over that day. What, what made the flesh win over? Well, we wasn't walking strongly as we should in the Spirit. We're, we're maybe not at the mature place we should be because we've been saved this long. And we should be mature enough to realize the Spirit's going to help us war against that fleshly desire today. So it's a constant battle going on in all of us all of the time, and we need to be aware of it. As we attempt to walk by the Spirit, we'll find ourselves combating temptation, 
combating, wanting to go back to old ways and old things. That's the desire of the flesh. And our inner selfish desires will continue to tempt us, will continue to seduce us to do things that are against the commandments of God. Listen, the devil is fighting against us every day. Just because you're saved, the devil didn't give up on you, giving you a hard time. He can't do anything with your salvation, but let me tell you something. He'll surely get you discouraged. He'll surely try to get you defeated. He'll try to get you to fulfill the desires of the flesh every day because as long as you're doing that, you're not doing something for Christ. So he's happy with that. So when we walk with the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, we find out we're, we're fighting those inner things. Now, the flesh is what Paul refers to many times in the Bible as the old man. You've probably seen scriptures of that. Now, Bible theologians disagree on this thought. And I'm, I'm not saying who's right or what's wrong, who's wrong. But this is what they disagree on. They say when you get saved, some, some feel our old nature is done away with right at that point of salvation. But some theologians say, no, we still have the, the old man, the old nature, but we have a new nature as well that allows victory over the old nature. So some feel like it's done away with at salvation. Some feel like we still have it and it's going to be there giving us time. Well, either way, we do know this. We're saved, yes, but we do know that there is an old man, there is that flesh, there is that temptation that will still be on us because we are still in the flesh. And we'll still face those things. So we might say, well, what's the difference after salvation? The difference is this. We can now fulfill God's commandments that we couldn't do it before. So we now should have the desire as a Christian to do the right things, to do good things. Well, we didn't before. Redemption, however, doesn't take away the temptation. It doesn't take it away completely. You can see that even all through the Bible. There were saints of God that lived for God, that did wonderful things. God used them, but then there were, there were problems that came in their life. There were temptations and caused sin in their life. So that still happens today. So this is the battle that Paul spoke about. Let's look at Romans 7, and we'll look at verse 19 through 22. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. You see that? For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members to righteousness unto holiness. You see how we could either do one or the other? Before we're saved especially, we just yielded our members to do whatever we felt good, whatever we wanted to do. No problem. But after we got saved, we said, wait a minute. The things my hands and my feet and my mouth and my mind used to do, I don't want to do those things no more. I'm yielded those, those members to the Lord. And so He begins to help us as we live a holy life. 
For when you were the servants of sin, in verse 20, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things thereof? Ye are now ashamed, for the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. You see, the flesh still clings to the Christian even though we now have help. We have help resisting those things that come our way. But we still live here in the flesh. So the flesh is what causes that conflict in our life. And as I said before, there's, there's a spiritual warfare that's taking place every day. Especially for the one who knows Christ as Savior. Before you were saved, really, there was no war going on. You, you just catered to the flesh. But after salvation, then the war began. That's why we don't say when we get saved, then it's a picnic from then on until Jesus comes. It's not. It really just begins. That, that war begins. Before then, the devil had your soul. Now he doesn't have your soul. Christ has your soul. You've given your life to him, but the devil sure doesn't want you to be successful and win anyone else to Christ. So he's going to do everything he can with that conflict, with that war, as we live in this life down here on earth. When is that conflict going to end? It'll end when we make it home in heaven. It'll be over then. And so some have taught that there's a possibility while we're down on this earth to be reach a sinless perfection in life. I don't see anywhere in the Bible that teaches sinless perfection for a Christian. It says, be you holy even as I am holy. It says things like walk in the Spirit and don't feel, fulfill the lust of the flesh. It, it gives us things that we should be trying to do. It says old things have passed away and all things have become new. Yet all of those scriptures talk about a growing process, a change that has taken place, but it doesn't say you will be perfect. There's only one perfect one, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew no sin. Yet without sin, the Bible says, and all that He did. But we can't reach that sinless perfection, but we can sure try to live as holy as possible with the help of the Holy Spirit's leading and guidance. So only the believers can fight this conflict because only believers have the Spirit of God dwelling within in them. We don't always win every fight. Don't think you will, but we'll win ultimately. We'll lose a few things, a few fights along the way, but we'll win the battle overall with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I, all of us know there are moments when we succumb to some of, our, some of the desires. We carry out actions and words, and then the Holy Spirit convicts us that we were wrong. We shouldn't have done that. Danny was teaching on it the, the other week. I make, make sure that everything's right before he goes to bed. That, see, that's what happened. He knows that somewhere during the day, he said something, did something, wasn't pleasing to God. But we don't cast judgment on him for that. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit convicted him enough before he goes to bed that night. He said, I made sure everything got right. And that's what we should do. 
We'll have the same opportunity before communion today. There'll be a time to search our life and make sure that everything's under the blood. Why, why do we have that time? Because we're living in the flesh and some of us have maybe done some things that it wouldn't please into the Lord. So get them out of the way. And the Holy Spirit will help you realize what those things are. So <clears throat> the victory, and I thought about this, you know, one great victory is to starve the flesh. Starve it. You know, uh, I remember when I found out that I was a diabetic and started finding, you know, because I love sweet things. <laughs> and, and then when they tell me I couldn't eat all these sweets, it was hard, really hard. And am I perfect? Do I never eat anything sweet? Ask my wife. I still got to have something sweet once in a while. And I pay for it too sometimes. But the thing is this, we need to realize that if I starve myself from as much sweet stuff as I can, I mean, there are so many things I'd, I'd love to have. You know, someone walks in with a box of donuts. I'd love to have two or three of them. I can't do it. And so I'm starving myself from those things. And I know it's going to help me in the end. You know, that's the same thing we have to do with fleshly desires. We really have to starve the flesh. The devil says, this will be all right. This is okay. It's no problem. Go ahead and that, ain't nobody going to see that. You're good. No. We have to realize that we have to starve the flesh if we're going to get to the place spiritually that we should be. And the surest way to fall in temptations, and listen to me this morning, is to place ourselves in situations where we know we will be tempted. I had a guy tell me one time, he's, he had recently got saved, and he said, I was, I was an alcoholic. And he said, so now I want to help other alcoholics. I said, okay, how's that going? He said, well, I go down to the bar, and I go in there to try to pull up next to them and try to witness, I want to witness to them about being an alcoholic. He, I said, well, how's that going? Not too good. I got down in the bar, and I could see those drinks being poured, and I could smell that alcohol, and it brought back those memories. And before I know it, I said, how about pouring me one over here, buddy? And I said, see? you." I said, the best thing for you to do is catch those guys before they go in there outside or either after they come out and if you want to witness to them. But you're putting yourself in a predicament there. That's, going to, that's not going to be good for you. You're going to succumb to those things. So the best way for us to do is stay away from those situations and people. There are places and people, maybe friends you used to have, that are, that are going to continue down their path. And if you associate with them long enough, if you get involved with everything they're doing, and you might say, I'm going to be there to witness to them, but if you don't look out, you will get right along the same path that they're going again. So we need to stay away from those things. We must be actively involving ourselves and resisting the evil that comes around. James 4.17, most of you know the verse. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. 
But don't forget the very first word, submit. We have to submit ourselves to God. We have to be totally involved in God and give God everything, every part of our life. And then when the devil comes along with the help of the Holy Spirit, you'll do a lot more resisting. And you resist him enough, guess what? The Bible says he'll, he'll end up fleeing. He'll, he'll be back later on. But he'll end up leaving that situation. And you, if you resist him and submit yourselves to God enough. It's not, it is not all of God and none of us. And it's not all of us and none of God. There's a balance there. Our yielding to God and God working through us through the Holy Spirit. We do not walk with Him as an equal. We follow Him as our guide. You know, and I used to be really guilty of this when it comes to the Holy Spirit because I know the Scripture says this, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. And that's true. And I used to pray, Holy Spirit, lead me today the right way that I need to go. Did you know we don't even have to pray that He leads us? He already That's His job. He's going to do that. He's going to lead us. We only have to ask for His guidance. So we don't have to pray, Holy Spirit, will you please lead us? No, He wants to lead us every day, but we have to pray for His guidance and that I will understand it. And we may see that guidance through a scripture in our devotions that morning. We may see that guidance through a song we heard on the radio. It could be something someone said to us or something that we just see and recognize that he's guiding us through that. So when the conflict comes, we can and we do win the victory, but it's only by walking in the Spirit. Let's look at verse number 19, back at Galatians 5. Now these are the works of the flesh are manifest. And boy, what a, what a nasty list it is. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God." Verse 19 says, these are the works of the flesh and they are manifested. What does that mean? You can see them in somebody's life, these works. They're manifest, they're made known. And that's what these works are. All of this nasty list that he has here. And as we see the deeds of the flesh, listen, we as Christians we will fail the Lord. We will succumb to some things, but let me tell you something. We will not practice these things on a regular basis. If you do practice these things on a regular basis, you are not a child of God. Isn't that what the Scripture says? You will not inherit the kingdom of God. It didn't say we will be perfect, but we will not practice them day in, day out. It will not. Well, Christian can't do that. The deeds of the flesh come from losing the battle with the flesh. And so Jesus made it clear that our basic problem is what's on the inside, not what's on the outside. What comes out 
will show what's on the inside. You see, this, these things that come out, that means there's problems on the inside of a person. That's why these are coming out. All of these things here. Committing the deeds of the flesh. So the deeds of the flesh are, are, are bad. These are bad deeds that we have, should not be involved in. These behaviors are normal for Christians. Paul's list of deeds of the flesh is three areas. Sex, religion, human relationships. That's what these lists are. Immorality, illicit sex activity, including adultery, fornication, homosexuality, bestiality, prostitution. Impurity is moral uncleanness. Sexuality associated with sexual excess. Unrestrained sexual indulgences. Idolatry is worshiping anything other than God. Don't think we got to make a little idol. And yes, there are people who make idols and worship them. But we can make other things in our life that we worship that are more important and we spend more time with than we do God. So we have to be careful of that. Then he says, sorcery. That came to be used as of a mood or mind-altering drugs. Enmity refers to hateful attitudes, strife, bitter conflicts. Jealousy is hateful resentment. That's just wanting what others have. Outburst of anger, sudden expressions of hostility toward others. Disputes, dissensions, fractions, envyings, drunkenness, carousing, all these things, pagan worships, all these other things. So Paul says, if you practice these things on a regular basis, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And the key word there is practice. It's something that you practice every day. It doesn't mean the Christian won't fall into some of these things once in a while. It could happen. But they will not practice them on a regular basis. So the practices are in contrast with the fruit of the Spirit. The Christian will make the fruits of the Spirit evident in their life. And it will be demonstrated. E- even bad persons sometimes do good things. Oh, there are people out here in the world that do some good things. But only the child of God has the ability to do good things on a regular basis continually. And that's because of the help of the Holy Spirit. All right, verse 22. But, I like that, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections. That means love and lust. So the fruit of the Spirit is a total different list. It's a total opposite list of what we just read in the flesh. There's going to be joy. There's going to be peace. There's going to be patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. All these things, self-control. All of these things are an opposite of the other list. And it's because the fruits of the Spirit are evident in a Christian life. That's what should be seen. That's what we should be practicing. 
And I believe as we do, it will shine in such a way that even the unsaved will see a difference in your life. You know, many times that's how unsaved recognize you're a Christian. They recognize you don't be involved in these other lists, but you're involved in this list. And they say, hey, I wish I was more like that. I, would, I, I, should, I would want to be like that. They say, well, you know what? You can't do it on your own. You have to have Christ to help you. You have to have the Holy Spirit to, 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 to live this kind of list. And that's our opportunity to witness to them. Verse 24 said, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the, with the affections and lust. And then he says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. People who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. We know what the word crucifixion means because we we begin to think exactly what Jesus went through for us. And as horrible as that was, that word is a strong word that says that's how strong it has to be for you and me. We have to crucify, put to death the things of the flesh. We may temporarily fall in battle with the flesh, but but we can have we can be a conqueror through Christ. We've won the war because of Christ. So the flesh should not reign in the Christian. And we should realize that it, it can be over with. So my time's run out, but let's remember this. Walking in the Spirit should not be an option. It's a command. We will endure the conflicts of living. The Bible says we are in the world, but we are not of the world. So we are right here in the middle of it. It's all around us every day. And because of our flesh that we live in, it, it will slip up every now and then. But our fleshly desires should not be something we live for every day. It would be a battle always between the flesh and the spirit. Let's let the spirit win more often. And we can only do that by walking, walking in the spirit. Amen. Amen. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.